Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. Welcome to the good news with Angie Austin and friends. This is Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life. And you know what? I'm just happy to be here. Can I say to y'all, happy Thursday, y'all. Because it's just a beautiful day, and it's a, it's a beautiful day to be alive. And when I meet people, everywhere I go, I say, you know, any day above ground is a good day. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but I got my girlfriends in, the, in the, the, the studio with me today. I've got that precious, gorgeous Mrs. Senior America. Oh, she was just... Aww. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome chick, Michelle Oh, Ron. good morning. Good morning. I Very call her Mimi be because yep. she's I love just it. Do the wave for us. I, oh, there you oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> mine. Where's it's the, the teacher. I don't the like, queen I, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I've got my other girlfriend with me, my sister from another mister, <laughs> Donna Hetzler. Hello, Jericho I'll girls. do the queen wave. Oh, the queen because wave, the y'all. queen says there's no bad days. Oh, I thought the queen said, let them eat cake. <laughs> Just let them eat cake, and to which I say, what kind? What kind yeah. of cake? Kind? Chocolate. Chocolate. It's red velvet. Oh, red, red velvet. velvet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have a good time here. Angie is not in the studio today, this, this week, because um, they had a tragedy in their family, and I, I want to share that with you um, because I want us to honor Angie's family but I also want us to stand in prayer for her because she and her family need prayer it was Mark's cousin that passed away and um, listen to this just a a short part of the clip that was sent this is the final call for Lieutenant Sean Carroll assigned to truck 1B shift who passed away on July 29th 2017 after a cancer. I just wanted to share that with everyone because uh, this young man, 38 years old, passed away from cancer. He was Mark's cousin. And I, I want to honor them. I want to I want Angie to know that we are with her, that we are, um, you know, standing in prayer for her and her family. And, you know, anytime anything like this happens, it's good for us to pull together. Absolutely. Yes. Prayer warriors. Each other. Yes, yep. prayer warriors, mm-hmm. you know, because we need that. Mm-hmm. We really do. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> I'm perfectly honest with you. If people weren't praying for me, Michelle. Mm-hmm. We'd be. Oh, Lord no, have no, mercy. Don't want to even think about it. Oh, my goodness. So we have to pray for each other. and um, But also rejoice in that they had good times with Mark. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark left behind a beautiful wife, beautiful children, and they had a good time. They had good relationships going on. Good. So um, we're here with the good news. And, and you know, I, I'm excited about these good this good news. Um, we've got a couple of clips, and it's going to be talking about our differently abled um, folks. Okay. And, and I say differently abled because, you know, when I was growing up in South Carolina, they were – the words that were used were retarded, good. no, right. mm-hmm. retarded, handicapped, you know, something just ain't right with that one. It was you know, a label. Yes, a terrible it, was. it was a, a label. terrible label. Yep. But now we see that these are differently abled people in our midst. And I, I have a very special nephew up in um, the Boston, Massachusetts ever, um, area, Matthew. And Matthew has Down syndrome. Mm. And he is so precious. He is just, I mean, I just love that kid. Mm-hmm. 
because he's just extra special. They see life differently, don't they? They do. They, they love. See, they do. Love. Total yes. different lenses. Yes. That's what's so beautiful about yes, them. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And so we've got two um, two good news shows. Could two good news stories. I couldn't even talk there. I guess <laughs> I've been. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I need some more tea. I coffee, don't know. Coffee. No, uh, -uh <laughs> I don't do coffee. I don't. You want to see the bad side of me? <laughs> coffee, coffee doesn't drink agree, coffee. Yeah. I don't. Mm. Yeah, you're a coffee person. Yes, Donna. I'm a so coffee girl. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh, I didn't start drinking coffee until about 15 years ago. Really? really? Nope. nope. And, and as a teacher, I just never did. I would carry a cup around with me, and um, I took a class by Foster Klein 100 years ago, and he said, you know, there's people that really like coffee, and then there's people that just want to feel the warmth of a coffee cup, and they carry it around with them. And I thought, that's me. That I is do me. both. I carry it yeah. around and nuke it every 20 minutes because yeah. it's got to be like super piping hot. Yeah. But I also love the taste of coffee, too. Yes. Well, well, the funny thing about it is when I was three, four and five years old, I would sit on my granddaddy's lap and sip coffee out of his saucer. Oh, it's sweet. I would. Uh-huh. But by the time I got to the army, I couldn't even stand the taste of it. Mm. And it just didn't work in my stomach. Now, see, and I only like the coffee when it has a ton of cream and all the other okay. the stuff okay, in the it. Stuff so in I, it. I'm not a plain coffee person. Yeah. So I hear you. And I, I am concerned about seeing all these young kids in the coffee shops and Starbucks. the Starbucks. <laughs> and I, I am. And we're getting off the track. I want to go back to your wonderful Well, we're, we're going to get back to here. that. We, right. we really will, because I, I think that's that's a, something that we need to discuss. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay, our first clip. A stranger step up after a man with Down syndrome loses a movie collection in the fire. You know what? Mm. We do love each other. Yes. We do. It's just that sometimes we wait until something happens before we show mm. it. Okay. Um, Aladdin. Aladdin. Mark Orsillo is a massive movie fan. At the top of his list, the inspirational football yeah. flick, Rudy. I loved that movie. Loved it. Is that, would you say that's your favorite movie? Yes. The 34-year-old says he loves motion pictures for a very simple reason. And he about the, the happy ending. However, this past weekend, Mark's own story turned into a drama. Saturday night, as the wall fire raged through the countryside in Butte County, Mark's home was destroyed. His collection of 300 DVDs, his lifeblood, gone. Well, I was thinking that it was kind of uh, scary, actually. Orsillo instantly became a movie buff without his movies. Mark's sister, Danielle, knew he was crushed. Because he's very OCD about it. So Monday morning, Danielle made this post on Facebook asking for help. She assumed she may get a few responses. Within hours, she got a few hundred. And the outpouring was incredible. We had 1,200 shares and over 500 comments, and people from all over the world sent hundreds of movies for him. Devastation has now become elation. Feel happy, Eric. All those movies, I, all those movies that I'm going to ask for, Danielle said, is right by the mail right now. I asked Mark who he thinks should play him in a movie about himself. That's when he let me in on a couple of secrets. He's also into TV shows. <laughs> oh, come on now, cut it out. And he's quite the actor himself. Because you're the best actor for your own life anyway, right? That's right. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask the question again. Why do we wait until tragedy before we help people? That's right. I think it puts it right on the line. 
I think it, uh, we might think, I mean, how many times do each of us say, oh, I need to call Carol. I, I just know that she's not really up to par and the day goes by and I have not called Carol. And tomorrow I forget about it. And so I think we have really good intentions to help people. Mm -hmm. I honestly do. But I think when we see that tragedy or hear about it, it puts it right on the line. It has to be done now. Right. And um, and I, I personally work better with a deadline. I do. I, hear you. I really I hear you. do. Brings out the best of us. Yeah, it does. Good point. Uh, and and so I think that's it. I think we have great intentions, and but unfortunately, it's the tragedy that brings it brings it to the. Mm -hmm. But to you know what? Front. God is so good. God is faithful at bringing those things to us. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, he really is. His timing and his his timing is so perfect. When I when we all look back and think, oh my gosh, I would never have known Shelley if God hadn't placed us next to each other on the plane, right. and I wouldn't have known about her grandson with severe brain injuries and yada yada yada. That wasn't anything to do with Shelley or me. It was totally a God thing, and it made it was a huge nudge by God to say, do something. Yeah, do something. And it really speaks to me too because I'm. I'm on the go all day long, right. as we all are. But, you know, I think about Jesus. And first of all, he was never in a hurry. Second mm. of all, mm. he was always about what the Father was doing. Amen. And there was time to stop. Um, when um, the Father came and his, his daughter was dying, mm -hmm. he stopped for the woman who was bleeding, who was hemorrhaging. He took time. And as he took time to, to heal the woman who was hemorrhaging, you know, the, the daughter dies mm. and, and he was, he wasn't in a hurry. He was going to get there. He was going to raise her up. And I think we spend our days or I'm just preaching to myself here. I spend my days being hurried instead of seeing about what the father is up to. Yes. And I think if we just took more time to do that during the day, we wouldn't wait till a tragedy yes. Uh, yes. To, to step up to what we're supposed to do. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try that today. You know, just um, you present. just said something that reminded me of something Marie told me last week okay. that I had never thought about before. That it never even occurred to me. But we were talking about kind of people, important people in the world and all that. And she just goes, well, Jesus is actually the one that taught us that that's not what's important. It's Jesus taught us it's okay to to love people That's that right. aren't important, that are downtrodden, that are special needs, that are, you know, the paupers and, you know, the blind people and what, right. all those stories from the Bible. Yeah. And I never, it never occurred to me that they didn't love those people before that. And then mm -hmm. after Jesus, they did. And I think that is really important. It's it kind is. of what you just said Absolutely. goes along with what you just said, I thought. Wow, like Maurice, well, she'll do that it's so innocently. Just blow my mind like that. So. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I know I need to do better because I, I'm pretty good at, at listening to the Lord and saying, okay, when he says go to so-and-so's house or give so-and-so a call, I say, okay, Lord, and, you know, call them at that moment that mm. they need to be called. Yes. You know, but there are some things that I, I missed the boat on. Because oh, I'm we like, all do. Oh, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, not I right now, like Lord. Yes. It. But know, it's never too late. No, it's not. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> so we've got one more good news story, and I'm really interested because I saw this on Facebook, but I did not listen to it. I just, I just went oh. past it. I just went past it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of people on Facebook are loving this boy's cover of Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing. Nine-year-old Dane Miller has Down syndrome. 
he also loves music. His mom says he fell in love with the song after his family watched a documentary about the singer last month, and he's been belting out his own passionate version whenever he's in the car. He did just watch a documentary, I guess, on her about a month ago, and so he started downloading some of her songs, and that was the one he just got stuck on. His aunt posted this video on Facebook, where it's been viewed more than 16 million times. The family says they're touched by the response, and they're just so happy their son has been able to bring as much joy to others as he's brought to them. You have to see, you have to watch it all the way to the end. Okay. Because at the very end, because he's belting this out, and he's right. looking out the window, and he's just belt, he's feeling the whole thing. But then at the very end, she softens down, and he goes, he covers his eyes, and then he opens it up, and he goes, just like that. I mean, he's just, it's oh, wow. just precious. Because, oh, yeah, he's feeling it from yes. soul to soul to soul. Deep, I felt him deep. feeling it oh, just yes, now. I, I really did, did because he was just getting it. Right. And I'm, oh my gosh. I feel like yeah. a quarter of those 16 million views was me watching it over and over <laughs> and over again because it just makes me so happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. something about him singing. And, and yeah. you know what's funny too is I almost forgot how good Whitney is. Oh, yeah. yes. You know, uh -huh. it's like she, oh, yes. all of her personal life and kind of the end of her yes. life was so yes, yes. wrought with tragedy that I forgot about, like, how much I loved Whitney Houston. Yeah. Oh, The Preacher's yeah. Wife is one of my favorite oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. videos ever. Yeah. Um, also, his, his singing of this passionate and passionate emotion, it just... It, and I'm. If this is coming from the music teacher in me, I'm. Of course, he's not on pitch. Any of the thing, no. but it just is. It's the statement of God loves a joyful noise. Oh, that's God right. loves right. a joyful noise, and he is just singing to the Lord. I mean, yes. he, he really is. So, Amen. No, I, it's I'm a wonderful. I'm going to go back and watch that. Yep. I, I to, really the end. To, watch the end. to the end. To the yeah. end. You know, uh, one thing I can say about people that have Down syndrome is, like you said, they feel differently mm -hmm. yeah. they, they see they life see differently yes. like I was in church not too long ago and I had the privilege of standing next to a young lady who had down syndrome and she again was singing like this you know and dancing and just praising God with Amen. everything that she had and when you know when the worship band sings and then they have a little pause in the music she was still singing you know when I do that and I you know keep going I'm like oh oh no someone <laughs> heard me and I wasn't following along just right and she didn't care she was Amen. just loving it and I thought that is pure worship yes and I need yes. to let go and just worship like that what if we careless did? before the Lord without a care and just gave him everything what would that look like if our worship was what if we did that yeah. Donna? what if we just worship God you know with no abandon and just just worship when you are worshiping him that will happen mm -hmm. yes. that will happen i need to i need to remind people of a very old book as old as oh my goodness as old as i am 100 years old but it's dale evans book the angel it's called angel unaware little tiny book but it's about their daughter with down syndrome of uh, dale and roy rogers and it's a fabulous book just a fa i read it when i was gosh sixth grade something like that but angel unaware by dale evans oh yeah.
good. I'll check mm-hmm. that out. I used it's to love wonderful. Dale Evans and oh, Roy Rogers. They, love their show. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, I didn't know they had a daughter with Down syndrome. Uh, you know, now, don't quote me, but I'm almost, oh, I'm positive that that was their daughter. Wow. It, um, wow. Oh, gee, now, now, now you're going to doubt yeah, yourself. Right. Nope, I, you yeah, go no, with no, it, girl. Don't do that. The book is fabulous the by Dale Evans. <laughs> go for right. it. But, you know, as we go about our, our journey, you know, I believe that we should embrace people with those different abilities because they can teach us something. God doesn't send them like that to earth for them. Mm -hmm. He sends them like that to earth for us. And I'm going to piggyback onto that because young kids uh, are not around different. They're not around generation different. And so that applies to an older person that applies to um, a, a, a person with special needs. It, we need to teach our young people Absolutely. how to deal with that and how to. And the other thing I have such a passion about, look people in the eyes. Yes. Oh, yes. People don't do it. No, they don't. They do don't. It. Not no. anymore. No. And we live in a world that tells us we, we are supposed to be in a square. We can't be different. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to look this way. We're supposed to act this way. And so wouldn't it be great to actually teach? Yes. Yeah. Have Being you, different is fabulous. There's a, a picture on Facebook uh, that's going around, and it's about like four little ballet dancers, and three of them are at the bar, and they're just watching the instructor just perfectly. The fourth one at the very end is hanging upside down. And the caption is, be the person upside down yes. or whatever. Yes. 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 So just that to let you guys know, good. Robin yeah. Rogers. Robin Rogers. Robin thank Rogers you. did have Down syndrome. Oh, thank and you. And they say um, they were that Roy and Dale were told to put her away That's in quotations. Right. And they said, nope, we're not going to do that. That's right. And even though she died young, she lived a full life with uh, her wonderful parents. Oh, thank you, Dave. And yes. That's, that's what they yeah. did in mm-hmm. those days. Oh, they did. Yes. They did. Yes. They put people away, put mm-hmm. them in the sanitarium. Right. Or, you know, um, and it's just crazy because these people have viable lives. Right. You know, they teach us so much, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we should embrace the differently able. Michelle, Ron, what you got going on? Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm thankful God lets me speak a few places and I'm doing that. And um, I sing uh, for funerals, which is my favorite thing to do in the world. And so I have a couple of those coming up. That's when God and I chat. And um, so just thankful to be here with you all today and and to see the to see this day. Amen. Now, mm-hmm. How can people get in touch with Michelle you? Michelle at com. Amen. And now, Miss Donna Hetzler. Okay, mm-hmm. she's got the Jericho Girls <laughs> um, conference coming up November Big 4th. Conference. And it's overwhelmed. 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 What's that about, <laughs> Donna? Well, what we want is we want you to take your sense of overwhelm and put it on God's altar. And when you do that, you're going to walk away with a new perspective on life of what overwhelmed truly means to be overwhelmed with God's great love every single moment of your day. So when you're in that tizzy, you'll be able to use the tools from the conference that teach you how to switch that thinking. We want to alter your perspective and and get you thinking about being overwhelmed every moment in a good way. Mm -hmm. So it's Saturday, November 4th. We have some phenomenal speakers and I'm just so excited to see what God's going to do every year. God has some breakthroughs with women in our our audience and uh, we learn so much as speakers too so come join us mm, great um, overwhelm conference is on facebook and then you can also find it at jerichogirls.org 
Great. Amen. Praise the Lord. And y'all, right. I got my ticket. I got my ticket oh. to overwhelm. So y'all, yes, come you on, were meet the us first there. to yes, get a ticket. Yes, yes ma'am. I were. like being first. <laughs> hey, this is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. Thank y'all so much for joining us today on the Good News with Angie Austin and friends. Remember to pray for Angie and her family. And you know what? I'm praying for y'all. We're all praying for y'all because we want you to live your best life ever. So God bless y'all. We love you with the love of Jesus. And we will see you next segment. Make a great choice today. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie. All right, a great, beautiful fall getaway. The elk, the colors, parties, kids' activities, and it's reasonably priced where... YMCA, the Rockies, uh, Snow Mountain Ranch, and also the Estes Park location. Uh, they've got some fall activities going on. There's going to be a Halloween party on October 28th if you want to plan ahead. It's reasonable. Some of my kids' favorites, there is the zip lining. There is the craft shop. They love the roller skating. There is rock climbing, uh, putt-putt, uh, tennis. Uh, we spent our family reunion up there this summer, and it was mind-blowingly fun. And again, it's reasonable. That's why we go several times a year. YMCA the Rockies.org. Sometimes my kids even cry when we leave because they're like, we're leaving our place. I'm like, it's our place still. We'll be back. We'll be back. YMCA of the Rockies.org. You won't regret it. It's great to see the elk this time of year. So cool. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you. Welcome back to the good news with Angie Austin and friends. And I, I've got my good friends, Donna Hetzler here in the studio with me and um, Michelle Ron, she'll be right back. But uh, we're excited and I, I want to continue to honor Angie's family. Um, Mark's cousin, Lieutenant Sean passed away and we want to honor him. And so just listen to this clip. All units, stand by for tone out. This is the final call for Lieutenant Sean Carroll, assigned to Truck 1B shift, who passed away on July 29, 2017, after a battle with cancer. I wanted to play that because I want to honor, um, in the Army, we always uh, honor people with taps. And um, in the firefighter field, they have the last call. And I wanted to play that to let you all know exactly what Angie and her family are experiencing right now and to remind you to pray for them because um, their cousin was only 38 years old and he passed away from cancer. He left behind a beautiful wife and beautiful children. And so please keep them lifted up in prayer. Um, this segment, we're back and we, we've got a really good interview with Erin um, Marin. And she is, let me just read a little bit about her. She is uh, with the Robert F. Kennedy Foundation to Prevent Child Abuse and um, Aaron's Law, which is a law that she had a hand in getting um, into play during President Obama's tenure. And after suffering years of sexual abuse for six years of her childhood, Erin broke her silence when she was 13 at a children, children's advocacy center. The place Erin reclaimed her voice and began her journey to healing. And Erin has spoken to over 60 CACs 
and that's children's advocacy centers. In 2008, she began writing legislators to require personal body safety be taught to kids in school. And you know, like it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, Michelle and, and Donna, right. a lot of kids have been sexually abused, but we just don't know about it. So Aaron, Marin, Marin, I'm sorry. Welcome to the <laughs> show today. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule just to talk about what you're doing to help children that have been sexually abused. Yeah, thanks for having me. Amen. Amen. And so um, af after reading, you know, your little resume here, I just want you to just just go forward in this um, interview. Of course, we're going to have questions for you, but tell us a little bit about what happened. Well, not what happened with you, but what happened to start you on this journey to getting this law, Aaron's law, um, you know, set up. Yeah, I kept my secrets of abuse locked away in my childhood diary because as a kid, the only education I got was from my perpetrators. Keep it a secret. No one will believe you. I'll hurt you if you tell anybody. This will be your fault. So I wrote about all my abuse in my diary and didn't tell anybody. And I ended up reading a passage back in 2008 that said, um, I sobbed the whole way home over and over again. I thought about what just happened. A guy called Officer Friendly teaches us not to talk to strangers. Don't answer the door when my parents are gone. They don't teach us how to speak up, you know, and tell when you're being abused. Um, I thought people like my cousin Brian jumped out of bushes and attacked you at night. And I'm reading this passage going, this is so true. We don't educate kids on this. You know, Officer Friendly taught us every year about strangers, but 93% of the time kids are being hurt and abused by someone they know and trust. Not that stranger every parent warns their kids about. And so I realized something needs to be done. And I began doing research in my home state of Illinois and discovered that we mandate tornado drills, bus drills, fire drills. We teach kids the eight ways to say no to drugs through DARE, internet safety, bully intervention. But as I like to say, what were the eight ways on how to get away until today? We don't educate kids on this. And these kids are sitting in our classrooms. One in three girls, one in six boys sexually abused by the age of 18. Hmm. Teachers just don't know which student that is because these kids are staying silent. Mm -hmm. So I began writing legislators, trying to get legislation passed that mandated that we teach kids pre-K to 12th grade personal body safety. The differences between safe touch, unsafe touch, safe secrets, unsafe secrets, that the area is covered by your swimsuit, nobody ever touches you there. If somebody does, you report it. And you keep telling a safe, trusted adult until the abuse ends. And that was back in 2010 that I ended up getting it introduced in my home state of Illinois. Governor Quinn signed the legislation in 2013, mandating it in the state of Illinois. But kids are not just being abused in my home state. And I had resigned from my full-time master's level job to make it my mission to get this law passed in all 50 states. Um, and here we are in 2017, and 31 states have passed it. I've literally traveled from one state capital after another, getting from those state legislators, um, sharing their personal testimony and telling them, you know, why we need to do this and the importance behind it. And in 2015, President Obama signed the federal version of Aaron's Law, which federally funds the bill. So schools have funds to use to purchase curriculum, hire outside educators to come in, because that's been my biggest hurdle in getting this law passed is these legislators says, great idea, Aaron, but where are the schools getting the money for this? This is an unfunded mandate. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but like I said, it's my mission to get this passed in all 50 states, and here we are. Um, currently, we're 31 states that have passed it. Wow. Wow. Good for you. That's phenomenal, and good for you for persevering. I can't imagine. Good. Um, Producer David wanted to know if Colorado is one of the states. Yes, I went to Colorado and testified. Um, That was a a difficult state because some of these legislators had the wrong idea that this was like sex education, Mm -hmm. and that's something I often have to clear up with with legislators, with parents. This is not teaching kids, you know, about, um, you know, the birds and the bees and, and teaching, educating kids right. on, um, you know, not using, you know, using condoms, birth control, that kind of stuff. This has nothing to do with that. Um, this has everything to do with personal body safety, okay. which is why I tell legislators don't call this sex ed because it's something completely different. Definitely. Okay. And Aaron, why do you think uh, we haven't had a program like this in place? I mean, it's such a problem, yet no one's talking about it. And why hasn't, I mean, kudos to you that you've stepped up yes. and taken this huge project on. But why hasn't somebody else stepped up too and say, you know, this is an issue and we need to do this? What have you found in, in your journey? Oh, people are just afraid of this subject. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I, I just feel like people have their head in the sand and don't want to realize that this is really happening. You know, people think, all oh, this only happens to poor people in rural mm-hmm. areas mm-hmm. that do things like this. When in the reality, when you look at these predators, they're people of trust. Mm-hmm. Often, you know, the firefighter, the youth pastor, the mm. family member, the mm. neighbor, the best friend's dad. You know, it's not these people that they show you in the videos in elementary school right. of that stranger with the missing teeth driving in the rusty truck with the hand out the window trying to lure you with candy. I tell parents, your kids are safer sitting at the bus stop, talking to the man they don't know, walking the dog past them, than they often are at the slumber party, hmm. at the family Christmas party, mm-hmm. you know, after school with the with the coach. Mm-hmm. I said it's a sad reality. I don't want parents to put their kids in a bubble, Amen. but I want parents, I want schools to educate kids on this. And as a society, we only ever talk about this subject when there's some big scandal in the news. That's right. That's right. Jerry Sandusky, and 19 kids in counting, 7th Heaven Day. I mean, all of a sudden, that's big scandal. We're all talking about it. Then we sweep it back under the rug. We ignore it. When, I mean, the reality is there are 42 million survivors in America alone of childhood sexual abuse. Amen. It's and an Aaron, epidemic. Um, I am so... Gosh, I am overwhelmed with what what you all have shared here with us. Here in Colorado, um, coming up, and I'm not sure if it's August or when it is, but Taylor Swift, are you familiar with with her? Yes, and so she is coming to court to face that, um, wasn't he he a... a, um, uh, media person, I think I haven't I haven't checked into it, but the fact that Taylor Swift is coming to address her perpetrator, I think, is just an incredible statement. And I read an article, oh yeah, uh, a couple of days ago in the Denver Post about um, how she wouldn't have to do that; she could settle. You know, as rich as she is, she could settle out outside of this. But the fact that she is coming because she wants to stand up for those people like her who have been um, approached, and she. She, I, I, again, I have to go into the situation, but she has literally faced it. And wow, what a deal that is. I'm, I'm real proud of her, too. Yeah, and if Angie oh, yeah. was here, she would, I mean, yes. she does not let her kids do sleepovers. No, she she is adamant about, nope, 
because uh, it could be the the uncle that that's sleeps right. in the basement. She's talked about that on air. And so you're right on point, Aaron, with, you know, it's that person that's trusted that is right there, and we need to educate our kids. Mm-hmm. I often say Yahoo did an entire article with me that was titled, Why My Children Won't Go to Sleepovers. Mm. And my first sleepover was when my abuse began. I was six years old at my best friend's house, and it was her uncle that lived in the home. And it continued to happen in her home. Mm. And this whole article was done on me, why my kids won't go to sleepovers. And there were some parents that came in total support, and there were others that just ripped me apart and right. said, mm-hmm. she, is, she is using her past and going to ruin her children's mm-hmm. um, ex- fun experiences that all their friends are going to you know, get to experience. And like I tell people, I said, huh. I'd rather have my kids in therapy someday yes. because mm-hmm. they didn't get to go to the overnight when all huh. their friends did than telling me that their best friend's dad was sexually abusing them. That's because right. I can't tell you how many cases of, of um, I was in a girls' group through a children's advocacy center, and all of a sudden I'm in this room with all these girls. We all went around, all eight of us, and told who our perpetrator was. You know, in my situation, with a family member, but also the neighbor at the overnight one of the other girls in the group, best friend's dad, sleep over in the tent in the backyard. Another girl, sleep over at the church with the youth pastor. It's mm. so often when kids are outside the home. Wow. And, and you know, Erin, um, I have to bring up this situation. When I was a drill sergeant in the Army, um, and it was a, a female cycle that we were training, and this one young lady, a, a male drill sergeant, stepped up behind her. He touched her on the shoulder to move her from one place to the other. She freaked completely out. She ran, and another female drill sergeant and I had to um, go and find her in the bathroom, in the restroom. And she was cowering on the floor, in the corner. And she was, all she said was, he raped me. He raped me. <gasps> and at that point, I'm like, okay, who raped you? You know, because I'm like, okay, if one of these male drill sergeants has touched one of these females, they're out, you know. But she said, my husband. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Her husband had raped her from the time they were married until she came into basic training hmm. at Fort Dix, New Jersey. Hmm. Okay. And, wow. and the reason I share that is because these, this is something that stems from childhood because once a child has been abused, then that seemed like that spirit of abuse is around them that, that um, they find themselves in situations and they don't know what to do because they're thinking to themselves, it's my fault. I put myself oh, in that yeah. situation. Oh, and there's so much self-blaming when it comes to things like this. Yes, yes. And, you know, feeling this is my fault, feeling no one will believe me, is guilt that you brought this upon yourself. So many kids are so afraid they're not going to be believed or this is their fault that this happened. Amen. Yes, and Aaron, how are you educating kids that it's not their fault? How do you teach them that such a imperative lesson? I mean, what, what do you tell them? Well, I have to tell kids, you know, you're a child and you're the boss of your body. Mm. Um, and nobody has the right to touch you there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless it's in situations. And, I, and like I say, I say the area is covered by your swimsuit. Um, nobody should ever touch you there. And if somebody does, you report it, and you keep reporting. Because there are stories of kids who do disclose and to that one safe person, and they protect the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. As sad as this sounds, it happens often where children are being abused in the home by the stepdad, by the father, and the child discloses, and the mother threatens the kid to stay quiet and not report this or tell anybody That's this. Right. Because the father, the stepdad, is the one that provides the financial right. support. What and mom is freaking out. 
what if that trusted person doesn't believe you? Like I've, I've got a uh, growing women of net, uh, growing network of women called the Jericho Girls. And we had a, a deep discussion just last week. And one of the ladies was being abused as a child. And she actually told her mother who should be a, in a trusted position, right? And the mother, yeah. sl her mother slapped her. Mm -hmm. And she shared mm -hmm. this story in tears with our Jericho Girls. And um, another one of our Jericho Girls said that slap was a gift because it got her out of the house and, and had her look at things in a totally different different yeah but still yeah. she went to somebody trusted and that trusted person was her mother and her mother slapped her and didn't believe her so then what and do you do with that you just keep I, telling yeah, is I that tell, well i tell kids to think of five safe trusted adults that you could go to i said if that first adult you go to doesn't do anything you need to go to somebody else Hmm. And I often tell kids, they say, that person that's abusing you is likely hurting somebody else. Right, right, right. And you're going to help, you're going to help protect other kids by reporting this. And you will be believed, even if that first person doesn't believe you. Exactly. And I give examples to kids of who are other safe adults that they go to mom and dad and they don't believe them. You know, your, your grandma, your best friend's mom, your teacher, your school principal. Mm -hmm. You know, who are those other people in your lives? Because I say the reason why it's so important to teach this in school is the one other place kids spend most of their time, at home mm -hmm. and in school. Mm -hmm. And Erin, uh, this is Michelle, and, and I'm in a grandma age, and I have a son-in-law uh, well, a son-in-law and a daughter that both teach school in high school. And I, I just have to put in here somewhere for teachers, too, because my, uh, my son-in-law, we've had this discussion to not be in the classroom alone with either a, a young boy or a young girl. I mean, I, I taught for 100 years, and I never had to think about that. But I do think that that's an important thing to at least tell adults today, especially teachers, especially youth pastors or is Am I correct in that? What do you think? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, because you do not want, um, you uh, An know, accusation. An right. accusation that, that isn't the true. true. Right. Even, right. Even, even I, I've experienced with, you know, meeting with pastors, they keep the door open. Yeah. If yeah, gonna, mine if does. If you're going to meet yep. them, yes, yep. you keep the door open. You do not close doors. Right. Right. Thank you. You know. Thank you. And, and even, and even, and this goes for men and women, whenever, like, I work in the, the children's, um, Rooms with all the kids and volunteer at the church. There was always the buddy system right. where two adults would take a child to the bathroom. Right. right. So there's never that situation where you could be accused of something. Exactly. It's a, it's a common sense. It's a Amen. precaution. So, Amen. Well, Erin, yeah. thank, thank you so you. much for allowing yes, us to speak you. with you today. And we've got less than a minute. If someone wants to contact you about um, any information that you have concerning Aaron's Law, how do folks get in touch with you? They can contact me at Erin at Aaron'sLaw.org, or they can go to my website, and they can contact me right from there, and that's um, Aaron'sLaw.org or ErinMarin.net, either my name or Aaron's Law. Um, they can find all the information, books, prevention curriculum, to, you know, talk to kids about this. Amen. Amen. Well, again, Aaron, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to to tell us about Aaron's Law. And folks, if you want to get in touch with her, Aaron at AaronMarin.com. 
Yep, or okay. Aaron's Law.org. And Aaron is E-R-I-N, correct? E-R-I-N. Yep, E-R-I-N. M-N-E-R-R-Y-N. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. doing what you're doing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to listen to the good news with Angie Austin and friends. And, hey, God bless y'all. We love y'all with the love of Jesus, and we'll see you next time. Make a great choice. Thank you. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. I have a question for you with school starting here soon. Uh, do your kids like to write? Did they write over the summer? Kids, grandkids, whatever it may be. Uh, our topic today, what parents can do to nurture good writers. Arlene Pelican is joining us. She has written several books, including Growing Up Social. Uh, and, and Growing Up Social, she wrote with Gary Chapman of the Five Love Languages. And uh, it talks about raising relational kids in a screen-driven world. All right, Arlene, I know this can be done because, oddly enough, it happened to my son just last year with a teacher who specifically uh, has a passion for writing. And my son hated writing, and now he loves it. That's so neat. So it really is true that that person, whether it's a teacher, a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, neighbor, can be a catalyst to help a child like to write. Because I thought this was interesting. I saw this article and it was talking about how parents can help nurture writing. And you think about the statistics, like I read that three quarters of eighth graders and 12th graders, when they take these exams, that they lack proficiency in writing. And that when they take their ACT exam in high school, about 40% of them, they say, could not do well. They couldn't pass like an English composition class in college based on how they did on their ACT. So I think, you know, in our society, like one of the things this article that I read was talking about was what about social media? You know, how is that impacting how kids write? And I disagree with the author who said, oh, social media is okay because they're learning how to text and tweet and post, and then they just have to transition to be able to write more formally, et cetera. And my feeling is like a lot of kids and teens, I don't think they know how to transition well how to write formally. So that is something that we can teach our younger kids if we have them and our teenagers to, okay, let's expand this to a few sentences and let's work on this together. Yeah. And I love just intriguing them in a way that excites them about writing. And the first assignment they had last year that got him excited was they created like their own candy bar and they named it and described why it was so good. And I think it was, um, my, my son's was like the five inch slice of heaven or something like nice. that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Caramel and your know, chocolate. And he described the way it melted in your mouth, but you know, at least get the, something they already have a yeah. passion for getting them yes. to write about that. Okay. What else? 
That's a great idea. You know, one of the questions was, does reading help? Because you always think like, okay, reading will certainly help. And it does. You know, anytime your child reads, this is a positive gain and you want to encourage that. But they talked about it's not just reading, but it really is putting that pen to the paper, getting those key, you know, fingers on the keyboard, really, really, truly writing. And then if you read something with your child, you can go a step further to ask, what did the author do that was interesting? Or what, let's look at the language that they use. How do they use, you know, what kind kind of um, phrases they, they use? How do they set that up to make that so suspenseful for you? And, and kind of ask questions about it so they can start to see, wow, that's what made the writing so good. And, you know, like my husband will sometimes go through and he will tell the kids, circle all the verbs, like, look at how this author does it so, you know, masterfully with all these verbs and such. And then it was funny, my son, uh, we were somewhere where my son was getting a little bit bored, but there was a program to where, where we were and he started like doodling on it and he started like proofreading it. He started like changing verb tenses, and like doing little things. Oh, and I thought, hilarious. you know what, that's, that is good. If you're sitting here and you've got some text in front of you, you can play with that. That's a good idea. You know, so just encouraging your kids, look for good writing, write more yourself and, you know, kind of be in the summertime. You can think of a fun project for your kids to write, whether it's, okay, let's, we're all going to write one page to grandma about like the best thing that happened this summer. And let's see who can make her laugh the most, you know, or oh, whatever. Like and that. and you're trying to do things to get your kids to write and make it more interesting and maybe have them write and then have like them uh, after dinner, then you read these things out loud, you know, so you kind of make it exciting, like, oh, we're going to have our writing time. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, but anything to encourage your kids to write. My daughter, Noelle, who's 10, will have like this little journal and it says, I love you to the moon and back on the front of the journal. And then inside, we just like write, write little messages to each other. And, you know, we, we start with gusto and then, you know, it turns out that you look, oh, my last entry was five months ago. <laughs> Imagine that. But, you know, but I did pick it up and wrote something to her. And that's kind of a fun way also to write back and forth with your child. Oh, that's a neat idea. Love these ideas, Arlene. I'm going to do the one, that, the letter to grandma and grandpa yes. and see who can make them laugh and uh, talk about our, our recent trip there. Love that. All yeah. right, friend, how do we find you? ArlenePelican.com And a great book is Growing Up Social to get your kids more interested in reading and writing. Wonderful. Thanks, Arlene. Thanks so much, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.